0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another informative episode of the Florida Business Forum podcast. Let's open the Florida Business Forum floodgates and let the information begin to flow. Here's your Florida Business Forum information guru and anchorman, Sam Yates. Today, I am fortunate enough to be going heart to heart with Juan Gallo. uh, Juan is a a very special person uh, because we are at the headquarters with that Heart to Heart mention a moment ago for Heart to Heart South Florida Outreach. Uh, Juan is the CEO and Executive Director. Juan, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Sam. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I want to know a little bit
0: about you. I think as uh, any time that uh, the Great American Senior Show goes on the road, building that relationship with our audiences is very, very important. Tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, just to give a a brief recap on my past, I was born in South America, Columbia. Uh, Grew up here in Florida since the age of five. And I lived in the Tri-County area, so Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County. Um, I have a master's degree in counseling and psychology, and I am an ordained minister. Um, However, I've mostly worked in the secular world or just the corporate world. And been in the medical field for about 15 years uh, before Heart to Heart. I uh, ran Medicaid state programs for the state of Florida and North Carolina, um, and and worked with you know uh, uh, what we call self-directed company out of Michigan, fifth largest FEA. Uh, out of Michigan and for the last three years I've been here at Heart to Heart Outreach in South Florida.
0: And I found out about Heart to Heart through the Elder Services Resource Network. I'm very fortunate to uh, be a member of their board of directors and uh, as I think we were looking at, at an application perhaps from uh, your organization and awesome. the more I read, the more I investigated and the more I said wow these people are making a big difference. Well, thank so you. i reached out right away. Tell us about Heart to Heart.
1: Yeah, Heart to Heart was founded 12 years ago by a gentleman named Sean Steepleton. He's one of the trustees of uh, the Stacy Foundation, which is a uh, very well-known philanthropic family here uh, in Fort Lauderdale. Um, but Sean played college football and in one of his summers, Back home, he interned at a Ralph Marinson ALF, which which is a, a local owner of an assisted living facility here. And so the way Sean would tell the story is that he was surprised, right, that when he left, that so many of the seniors were somewhere crying to see him go back, you know. And uh, it really kind of stuck with him, the whole experience. So when he came, when he graduated college, he said, you know, what's a good business for me to get into in south florida having such a high senior population he thought about seniors but soon after that the business plan became more of a passion and became more of a philanthropic and so we've been around for twelve years and we have what we call a uh, social emotional model of care and care is our acronym uh... for how we serve which i'm sure you know we'll get into uh... more later but that's that's the brief history
0: And indeed, we are going to get into what that CARE (laughs) means. And and it is an acronym, and uh, folks can be sort of guessing as we build (laughs) up to it. But uh, the story you were just telling uh, was a people story. And the more that I find out about Heart to Heart, I find that people, capitalized, underlined, double-scored, is what it's all about.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we actually have... What we call in our model of care is is that we, although we serve so many seniors every year, you know, for example, last year we served about twenty four hundred seniors. Uh, our most important number is one, uh, so that individual person, that individual relationship, from volunteer to person. Um, so there really is kind of that person centered focus, and it is about people. With
0: that thought, uh, and, and I could. Do the statistics, and I I think our audience is very familiar because I talk about it all the time. 10,000 people become senior citizens a day. A day. A day. And and that's some staggering numbers if you think about uh, having 60 million-plus senior citizens here Mm -hmm. in America. Uh, Isolation kills. We found that out during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But many times our seniors are alone, isolated, afraid, and no one comes knocking on their door until it's someone from your organization.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of the, I mean, the, the one of the things that I think has changed even our perspective, although we knew that isolation was a silent killer. You know, the pandemic really highlighted that in so many ways. Um, before the pandemic, our flagship program was to visit people, mostly seniors. And I say mostly seniors because a lot of there's different types of centers that we go to, we call them care centers, Um, and there's a little bit of a learning curve there. There are people in care centers that are not necessarily seniors, because it could be a long-term care center, Um, but the statistic that we use the most is that anywhere between 60 to 65 percent of a person, of people who live in a nursing home or, or a care center of sorts, will never receive a visitor from a friend or a loved one ever again once they're placed in, in, in one of these facilities. And we don't like to use
0: the word institutionalized, but uh, I have people ask me, why are the doors locked? Why are they locked in? Hmm. And there, there are reasons for that. I mean, it could be a, a memory care facility where you don't want someone wandering away. But uh, in, in many cases, uh, your statistics point to a, a very uh, troubling thing, that they are alone. And w- w- without... Someone like your organization, uh, they continue to be alone.
1: Yeah, and I I think you're right. I think there's a historical sense to that word. We went from institutionalized, describing people with developmental disabilities, to describing seniors in in places. And then we went to a brick-and-mortar type of verbiage. And now, for sure, there are justifications for lock-ins when we're talking about memory cares, right? dementia, um, and, and and Alzheimer's, and some of the, a lot of the centers that we visit will have both in. Um, so it'll you know you'll go to one section that seemingly seems more open, and then to another section where you'll need a, a keypad. Um, and 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 to that reason, my my professional opinion is that thankfully, I think that um, we're gonna see m- less and less brick and mortar buildings in the future. Uh, Even though we are having more seniors retire daily, what's happening is in 2018, um, our Medicaid or Center for Medicaid Services Federal Fund, they use more than 50% of their budget to allocate towards home community-based services. And that's the first time that's ever happened in the history. So we are seeing where more funds are going towards keeping people at home, and it is the majority of the people now. So there's some hope there, too. Um, I think you'll still have always that brick-and-mortar building, but there's some hope that there won't be as many in the future. And we are seeing a lot of federal (coughs) funds in the pipeline, even more so uh, in
0: the federal pipeline uh, Mm -hmm. post-COVID. For that Mm -hmm. aging-in-place component, I I work uh, actively with quite a number of builders' associations. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my missions in working with them is to say, Mr. Builder, uh, you don't necessarily need to be building totally for the millennials and others. We have an aging population. They may have their own home, but they need to have that home modified so that they can Mm. age gracefully in place.
1: That's great, yeah. Um, Aging grace, uh, aging in place and and graciously, we call aging in dignity, is a actually um, just taught a course at Trinity International University as an adjunct professor. They, they've asked me to write a course on aging and dignity. And What we did was we took the idea of aging and dignity and, and, and blended it with the idea of diversity specifically in South Florida and how that affects different uh, race groups, different culture groups, uh, different religious groups amongst the elderly and even the hot topic now, uh, the LGBTQ seniors. Because we're seeing a lot more of that now. and How do we serve them in a way that would dignify how they age? Knowing that you're going
0: to be doing that, rest assured, you're going to hear me knocking on your door to, <laughs> to insert some of that expertise into the various builders associations Yeah, as well.
1: I, Yeah, I don't know. And, and it's definitely not, you know, for us, we're a faith-based organization. So, um, you know, for, for us, even saying that out loud, right, for some people, it's a bit of a shock. Um, but the message that we would want to communicate is that we think everyone um, should have the ability and, and the right to, to live and age how they should, right? regardless of you know, who they are and what they believe, and we're just there to, to, to help them and serve them the best way we can.
0: We're all people, and I like to use the word now because it's going to segue in. We are all people, and we should all care.
1: Absolutely. Let's talk about care. Sure. Yeah, care is, so if you look at our, our our vision, our vision is to provide hope, share love, and restore purpose to the aging population. But the way we do that, which is our mission, is that we do that by mobilizing volunteers to care. And so care is connect, advocate, respond, and engage. And that is our social-emotional motto of care. Some people would even say social-emotional spiritual motto of care. Um, and the way we do that is we connect churches to people right connect connect churches to seniors um, connect people in the church to seniors we advocate on behalf of the seniors so we have a person-centered model of care which means that when we go to a seniors home or when we talk to a senior on an ipad or when we go to see them in person we don't just assume that you know that they want to play bingo or get a haircut or get their nails done but rather hey how can we how can we spend time with you today or how can we help you today or or do you even want us here right the other thing is that we respond we respond to the need of everyday seniors um we we try to stay on top of um what's needed the most so through the pandemic it was a catastrophic time for seniors and it kind of still is so we're responding um in two ways we're responding to the immediate need and we're sh- responding to the sustainable need long-term, right? And, and I think that
0: uh, seeing when I walk into the office here and I see your staff wearing the T-shirt with care on it, mm-hmm. it is something that they believe right to the core.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's something that we've integrated into everything we do. Um, we live and breathe care. Um, it's definitely a part of our, you know, of our, of our ethical values and, you know, it's something that we, you know, it's just, it's a, com- it's a hot word, right? In the yes. office, we have the yes. t-shirts, we have everything in our website talks about it. Our, all of our volunteers know um, and, and a lot of what we do, too. So to give you just kind of a, a one-off, you know, we have what we call Care Bears. You know, so so everything we everything we do, we try to, we, you know, we try to, you know, incorporate that idea. So we have little teddy bears that we take to to places as kind of like an arts and craft uh, for families and uh, some church or even some companies to get involved. That they're not really sure if they can go to a care center um, because they don't know what that would be like, or maybe a care center shut down. Um, so we have them stuffed bears. But then the bears will have, like, T-shirts that we put over them, and they'll have little hearts, and they'll say care. That's what we call them care bears. So it's definitely a part of our our DNA. It's a wonderful program, but
0: it takes volunteers. I know Mm -hmm. that when I look at any organization that does what you are doing, or they attempt to do it, Mm -hmm. they can't do it without volunteers. How do you get your volunteers?
1: That's a great question. We are primarily a volunteer driven organization to that and we are a staff of five which you met and we also partner with local entities like in this case career source broward who have given us an additional two employees for the summer um, and they'll work 30 hours a week for the next two months so right now we're a staff of seven um, but on a given year we will uh, train about two hundred volunteers but seven hundred between seven and eight hundred volunteers will pass through our doors and what that means is that two hundred of them have been specifically trained by us they've gone through the fingerprint process but the others are people who have either dropped something off at a center who have volunteered with us but haven't gone through the through the full gamut of that or maybe they've been a part of maybe a christmas caroling Um, Now, the way we uh, recruit and retain our volunteers is that we go to different churches, we go to small businesses and large businesses, and we tell them about the needs, so we educate, um, and then we recruit from there. Um, And we work, I I would say primarily um, churches and youth right now are our biggest kind of funnel of volunteers.
0: Well, we hope that you share this program with as many of those people as you can so they get a a better understanding. But if someone right now is listening and they understand, wow, this is something important, how can they contact you?
1: Oh, that's great. We've made it so simple. Um, Right in the beginning of the pandemic, we realized that with the amount of volunteers that we trained, there was no way (laughs) that we were going to be able to keep doing this safely while social distancing. Um, just because of the many shutdowns that were happening. Plus, we also realized that, you know, this type of program and what we do could be scaled on such a large level that it can really be done anywhere, right? In the United States uh, with, you know, under the covering of Heart to Heart. That's what we would hope. Um, so what we did was we added a portal on our website. So if you go to Heart, the number two, Heart to Heart, outreach.org, and you look at the top right hand part of our webpage, it's nice and big for you in bold letters, and it just says log in or sign up. And really, if you wanted to volunteer with us right now, and let's say you're in Orlando or Tallahassee or even South Florida, you would just go in there and it would take you through three simple steps. One, you would fill out a volunteer application, two, you would go through our training, so there's about 10 to 12 one minute, one minute and a half videos. Then we do a little quiz at the end to make sure that you, you know, you paid attention uh, through it all. And then the third thing is, it would have you set up an appointment for fingerprints, and just like that, you've become a volunteer.
0: Amazing! So if you're listening right now, please go to the website, Heart to Heart Outreach dot O-R-G. and upper right hand corner, log in if you're a member. But more importantly sign up yeah. to become a volunteer Same. and uh, and then the, the outreach can be multiplied and and all of those that do it you become literally an ambassador to That's our it. seniors and others who need care because there are others out there and, and to that end effect uh, i know that you have volunteers and you have a board of directors what about people who want to financially support you
1: yeah, financially support. There's a couple different ways. Obviously, you know, we us being a five hundred one c three, we solely depend on the, you know, generosity of people, and um, the 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 bulk of how we are funded are by private donors. So we definitely have some some grant funding uh, for some of our big programs, but we really depend on on you, the people, right? The the. people who are in the community funding so there's there's a couple ways you can go right to our website our website is what we call ssl secured and we have some other ways that you can give Uh, we have something called harness anyways the the website makes it very easy for you has a floating donate button but to understand that better one of the ways that you can give is what we call the 411 campaign so we call it uh four seniors one cause right for one person and that causes to serve seniors so we believe that if we can get a huge number of people right our first kind of goal is is a hundred people giving four dollars a month right for one senior one purpose and that is to obviously you know minimize isolation um, that we can we can do a lot more. So what this happens is is it goes into a fund, and when there's what we call one-offs. I'll give you an example. A few months ago, we were in a care center, and we met a gentleman who was in his 70s, only spoke Spanish, uh, was here from I believe Venezuela, and his name was Guillermo, and thankfully i was there visiting one of the directors and they said can you help us translate i speak spanish and i noticed that he was not wearing any shoes and i said this is odd why isn't he wearing shoes and they said well he came here this way um this is a more of a lower income center and um you know was i spoke to guillermo in spanish And to make a long story short, he needed shoes, right? So I was able to come back to the office, you know, uh, we had funds in the 411 uh, initiative and went to the store, bought him some shoes, and this man was so grateful, tears, tears in his eyes, um, and it just turns out that he lost his other shoes in transport, and they were working on trying to get him some more, but, you know, a lot of care centers aren't set up to buy certain things for, right for people right? right they come in with what they have and there's a certain budget or a fund um and then this gentleman was just alone with no family and, and you also help
0: with food for mm-hmm. those who are going hungry
1: absolutely you know, one of the things that um you know the pandemic really highlighted was the ability for people to leave their home even if they have the money to get food there's a lot of people who who have the money and and are isolated and can't leave. Maybe they're vulnerable. Maybe it's dangerous for them. There's so many different situations. And then there are people who meet both of those criteria. Not only can they not leave, but they're low on funds to get money or low on funds to get healthy food. So what we did was we spoke to um, a local foundation called Strikeforce. We applied for a grant, and they said we'd really love it if you – kind of collaborated with another you know one of the philanthropic people in the community so we call john offer who's a retired miami dolphins player and and a, a good friend and he's just been amazing and he owns offer dolls off the grill and so we are now delivering for the next 10 months to 50 seniors 10,000 meals i know it sounds like 10,000 is a lot but it's for 10 months so it's five meals uh for every senior uh five days a week for the next 10 months and the best part about this meal program is the meals important but it's really a way for us to knock on a seniors door bring him the meal and then not just drop it off ask a few questions and what we do is we go through the UCLA loneliness scale so it's three questions and depending on how lonely that senior is we prioritize follow-up visits and so that meal turns really into an opportunity to come back and say, hey, you know, how, how was that meal? The other part about the meal program, Food for Hope, is that um, they are fresh meals. They're freshly made, they're healthy, um, and that's important for our seniors as well.
0: A little birdie told me you also have a food <coughs> fund challenge.
1: Yes, yes we yeah, we do have a food fund challenge so the the grant uh... that we received was for sixty nine thousand dollars and unfortunately uh... with the inflation especially here in south florida being the most expensive state to live in right now in many various different ways uh... that price so we we were we were funded at sixty nine thousand but we really need ninety nine thousand uh... to run this program and so yeah, so we have a donor that has said you got a you got a gap of $30,000 we're willing to put up 15 and so we're asking, you know, some people, maybe one or maybe a multiple amount of people to step in and say, "Hey, we'll we'll do this."
0: Amazing that uh, we have such reach out into the community and one of the things and, and I'm running a little short on time so I have to ask can you come back again in the future?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to. Right. Yes. Uh, iPads. iPads, yes. Okay. iPads is somewhat of an unfolding story still <laughs> in the pandemic. We uh we we went to the store immediately when the governor, you know, shut down visitation, rightfully so. Uh, to protect our seniors we said you know what's the best way for us to get in we called a couple of care centers they said we said how can we help some of them said virtual reality some of them said headphones but most of them said if you can somehow get them to see their family and your volunteers to FaceTime, we said great so you know called apple apple was expensive you know we went to best buy me and one of our board members who's a friend and uh, we said how many how many uh... you know Amazon Fire HD tablets that you have. And they said, well, you know, we might have 60 in stock. Great. Give, give us 60, you know. And then we went home and Eddie and my kids sat there manually programming them. <laughs> we got some donors uh, to, to pitch in. And, and next thing you know, we have uh, distributed 150 tablets. And then earlier, actually late last year, towards the end of last year, we got a phone call from foundation who is very generous and said how can you step this up and we said we can do iPads great so but the iPad is really unfolding because what we're doing with the iPad is something that has not been done yet and I can't I can't say too much about how they're gonna showcase it but it will be showcased on a national digital technology conference later on this year but basically what we've done is we've taken 250 iPads we've locked them down completely We've uh, uploaded them with, uh, with different apps, but the coolest part about it is, is that we've worked with two other companies called BFA and Jamf um, and Apple, and we've bypassed the Zoom protocol on the back end of Zoom so that a senior, all they need to do is know a phone number or an email, which most of them do, And if you have the Zoom app on your phone, they can call you directly. And what will happen is you'll get a text message or an email that says a senior's waiting to talk to you. Connect now. And if you click on that, it will automatically pop up like a Zoom FaceTime without sending any links, taking the guesswork out for you and for the senior. The best thing is it's HIPAA compliant. And so it can be used by multiple seniors. All they have to do is shut the iPad off. It resets completely, erases all the information that's on there, and it automatically reconnects and it connects to the Wi-Fi, almost as if it was your iPad the whole time. I have an
0: idea. I'm not going to share it with our audience. I'll share it with you offline mm-hmm. uh, because I know that uh, what you're talking about also has some components that we will not share now. But uh, I'll share some, a thought with you if you will share with me when it is a opportunity to do so. more details of that
1: absolutely yeah and for us the, you know the details are, are very forthcoming yep um, but for the technology company yes they actually yes. said to us that they tried doing this some time back in Georgia through another organization and didn't quite launch uh, but thankfully we have the funding we have the iPads they have been distributed almost all of them have and uh, we are starting to make connections already so it's amazing amazing.
0: Well, I mentioned that uh, we were running tight on time. One more uh, opportunity for people to reach out and make contact with Mm -hmm. you. How can they do that?
1: Yeah, they can call the office directly, uh, 954-315- 2218. They can go right to our website and communicate with us through there by filling out uh, a form or they can just write us an email at info at heart to the number two, heart to heart Outreach.org. Juan Gallo, CEO, Executive Director, Heart2HeartOutreach.org.
0: And we urge everyone to reach out and touch base with you and become part of this amazing, amazing uh, program that is making a difference in the senior community. Do that today. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you, Sam. We appreciate it. And we look forward to having Juan back in the future. In the meantime, until our next episode. I'm Sam Yates, and that's the way our program ends. Thank you. The Florida Business Forum is dedicated to showcasing Florida businesses and CEOs of all sorts to promote their business or not-for-profit in the only business forum of its type in Florida. Thanks for tuning in, and remember, the Florida Business Forum is now accepting guest applications. Have a great day, everyone, and stay tuned for more business.